Welcome to Add to Cart, the show where we celebrate creativity and commerce. Today we're having a brand on that completely disrupts expectations. At a time when direct-to-consumer was boring, bland, and frankly, falling into the category of blanding, Shinesty stands out as a brand that has embraced pop culture and embraced riding that line of pop culture that gets people to pay attention and buy their products. Today I have the fabulous Jens Nicholson on to talk about the company. Welcome, Jens. Thank you so much for having me. I am so pumped to have you here because of all the brands that have been on the show, you're the most colorful. Thank you. <laughs> the Thank most you. Fun. I'm glad it's coming through. <laughs> yes. And I think probably one of the fastest growing brands that we've had on the show. And anybody who's been following Shinesty has can see that you're a apparel company that makes really irreverent and fun apparel. But in your own words, what is Shinesty? We try to think of ourselves as being category agnostic. Yes, we sell predominantly apparel now, but we have some you know different products that are not apparel, some new ones coming out that are not apparel. But the thing that at the end of the day we're trying to be really is a you know very memorable brand that focuses on humor and irreverency to stand out from the many, many, many other direct-to-consumer brands out there today. When you look at the landscape of direct-to-consumer companies and just you know this topic of blanding where everybody kind of starts to look the same, Walk us through how you think about being the opposite of that, your product development, your marketing, all those things. We started as kind of like a vintage online thrift shop, basically, like oh. a highly curated thrift shop. And the genesis of the idea was that like, as you get older, like there's lots of theme parties and events that you go to, but it's really hard to uh, spend time going and like finding really great pieces of clothing for that. Mm -hmm. So. It all started from this kind of theme party need. And a lot of the times you, the things you wear to theme parties are pretty wild. Yep. And so the product started with being pretty wild from the get-go. And then we kind of thought on the brand side, we were also seeing that like, hey, there are a lot of brands that are coming out direct to consumer that seem to have this like very similar playbook in their voice and tone and in their overall look and feel. And we really thought that like, one, you could stand out 10 times more by zagging while everyone's zigging. Mm. Um, and also, you know, also just if you look at the larger category of brands, like most brands talk to people in predominantly the same way and almost nobody uses humor. So again, we just thought we could stand out that much more and it would be a lot more fun to create the content and the products uh, if we did use humor, reverency, things like that. So theme parties, you mean ugly sweater parties? I mean, ugly sweater parties. I mean, St. Patrick's Day, 4th of July, you know, that, you know, all dovetails the into like tailgating and, yes. you know, okay. professional sports and things like that. Basically any, for a while we were calling it like social commerce, but like any of the occasions that people get together to be social. So instead of spending hours and hours of your life, you know, digging through racks at the Goodwill. You could come to one place <laughs> online and we would have really great curated products for those events, which was great because uh, it allowed us to test the business concept. It was pretty inexpensive to you know, find vintage clothing to test all these different themes and product categories. But uh, scaling one-off products uh, is very, very difficult. Right. And so you know, one thing led to another. We started um, either buying like dead stock inventory or starting to produce our own products, uh, white labeling, third-party product, things like that. Was there a breakaway product that really caught fire online? There have been several, but like the very first one, we were featured on the Today Show and I think that was 2015 uh, for like a ugly, the ugly Christmas sweater suits that we had. Oh, I remember those suits. And yeah, and, and that was like kind of one of those really big inflection points for the business. 
why in the world would you produce, and people should go look up these suits because these suits are wild, and you make a lot of different suits now that are thematic, yep. but it is a blazer, a jacket. It looks like Christmas wrapping paper all over your whole yeah. body. Yeah, and then like, you know, matching pants or shorts or you know, whatever you want to wear to complete exactly right. the look. No one's manufacturing wrapping paper blazers. How did y'all arrive at, we need to make that? It was kind of just this like very maximalist product. Like, you know, at that point, like Christmas sweaters were a thing. They were a big thing. There were several people doing them. Like we could sell those, but like we need something that's going to be like very different and hopefully inherently viral. And that was a really great product to kind of get behind. And it worked out great. The next big inflection point for the brand really came when we applied this really in your face, funny brand to a really mass market category and that was underwear. And then that was kind of another really big inflection point. I wanna understand who buys this. Who is your customer? It's a lot larger than you might think and, and there's a couple reasons we believe in that because like everybody has occasions for these in their lives. And just because the brand is wild doesn't mean every one of our products is wild. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, our, our audience like from these studies that we've done is like shockingly, shockingly diverse. We've got everything from very high income, you know, right-leaning conservatives to very young uh, college students. And we actually do have a wide variety of product. While we have mostly really irreverent loud ones sitting out here on the table right now, our number one product on the site is black underwear. That's because these products are really great for getting people in yeah, the door so and standing out. Someone's driven to the website with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like, you know, what gets you to the website is not necessarily what you need to buy or what's funny to have one or two of is not necessarily what you want to have and wear every single day of the week. So when you look at your customer retention and you look at the mechanisms you're really using as a brand to keep people coming back, what are some of the tips and tricks you have for constantly bringing this jolt of product joy to people's lives? The number one thing I think that anyone, any brand should focus on for bringing people back to their brand is a great product that people cannot live without. One, because like you can't outmarket a bad product. Or you can get someone in with a product that's not great, but you can't get people to keep buying it. But alongside of that, I think, is creating a brand that gives people that warm and fuzzy feeling. It's some mission, some something that they can align on so that you are you create a deeper connection than just like, this product is good, it works for me. So you have to have that X factor that gets people to love you when there are you know, comparable substitute goods out there. So. so let's talk about when people get to the site. Because one of the things that really struck me the first time I went to the Shinesty website is the direction you give to models. Your models are posed in crazy ways. They're often doing things that are maybe slightly on the line of being a little bit, of, little bit offensive, a little bit tongue in cheek, a little bit funny. And that stands out when you compare it to every other model that you've seen in your shopping experience, how did you arrive at, let's have our models move and have fun and do crazy things? You know, if you laid out dozens of ads from every other category, you'd start to see some very like similar themes. And we were kind of like, okay, if we just do it differently, we will stand out a lot more. We might be more polarizing, but that's okay. We don't want to be a brand in the middle, kind of, you know, brands in the middle is where you go to die mentally in the, you know. Brands in the middle is where you go to die. Let's brands that are one. in the middle. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of tend to get forgotten there. Sure. You, it's not good enough to just have a good-looking photo or a good-looking model in my mind. You have to have that that thing that makes someone stop their thumb, look at it, get that piece of information that says like, I need to know more about this, and continue the journey. 
How much of your success do you attribute to these brand philosophies around standing out? A lot, a lot. Um, you can get lucky. You can get like a, a mention on the Today Show, but you can't continue to get lucky over and over and over and over again. At a certain point, you have to create a, a recipe. There is a lot of like continuous iteration to keep things going, but we've always stuck to the philosophy that we want to entertain first and sell second. And as a mission, our entire business is to force the world to take itself less seriously. To force the world to take itself less seriously. That is our mission. That is the reason that How is How did you why. land on that as a mission? Like there's enough like doom and gloom out there if you look at the news and there's enough brands that are super serious and have like very professional tailored messaging. And we always wanted to be conversational and humorous. And we just thought that was a really unique and powerful territory to live in. You're a digital first brand, an online first brand. Mm -hmm. How much of your strategy has been about social media and how much of your strategy has been about other channels? We relied on paid social because it's a great way. And, and it, that works particularly well for us, I would say, because we're a visual brand. It lends itself well to visual storytelling. Um, so social has been mission critical. But I will say that's really great for getting people into the brand. It's a very expensive way to retain people in the brand. It's very hard to build a profitable, long-term sustainable business if you have to pay for every interaction and every purchase with a customer. Email has always been great. We've always tried to take a very fresh approach there. I'd encourage everyone to, to subscribe to it. It's like no other email list that you'll be on. Uh, we try to take a similar, you know, similarly I disruptive approach. I imagine it's as joyful and interesting as everything else you do. <laughs> it is, it is. The team works incredibly hard on every single email. I don't even know how many hours go into every single one, but everyone is a massive labor of love. Uh, SMS is similar, but you know, shorter character count. Direct mail is something we've been doing um, for about what six years, seven years now, and that has been amazing. We we mostly do it around the holidays, but that's like you know, 25, 30, 35 pages of like just visual storytelling. That so is it's a, like, like a magazine or a catalog. Like a magazine catalog, yeah. That basically like. It's a lot of content and very different, and that's worked really well for us. There is a thing you said I really want to like highlight, extra, underline, whatever, which is investing in creative and maybe even doubling down on the creative. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you think brands can do when they're thinking through the creative process to help them get away from the norm or maybe just copycatting what they're seeing out there? and actually start developing a personal style or a brand style that could give them that competitive edge that you've so clearly captured. Yeah, the one thing I would say is, think about this from the perspective of the average person who's gonna see that ad. Because there's gonna be, you know, hopefully it's millions and millions and millions of people, right? And how are you gonna make millions and millions of people go like, oh, I should, I should think about that ad and I should concentrate on that and actually I should remember that or even maybe more importantly, take an action based on that. Um, I think all too often we're just like, here's a piece of creative, put it out to the world, and we're not thinking about like, why is this gonna make people stop? Why is this people gonna make people think about our brand? Why is this gonna make people remember it or click or buy? You have to be thinking about like, not what you wanna put out, but what is going to stand out with the audience. I imagine the task of hiring funny people to create your content is a pretty special but also difficult task. It so is. talk us through how you vet and hire smart people who are also funny. It's gotten easier as the brand has become more knowledgeable and more people just want to work for us and seek us out. But it starts a couple ways. One, we start by trying to set our, uh, our job descriptions apart so that people 
you know, if they see a copywriting position, they know, oh, this is a copywriting position that requires a sense of humor. And then, you know, through screening, through getting a sense for how they would be a culture fit, looking at their other content and their, their passion projects, like we can suss out like, oh, we think this is a person who's got a great sense of humor that aligns well, it's similar in our, to our brand in these ways, and it's new and unique in these other ways. Building a you know, cohesive culture that matches our core value, matches, aligns with our core values is the only way to build like a long-term sustainable you know, functional organization, we think. So there are certain things that are more important for creative roles. However, if you're in finance, accounting, product development, like you still have to be a great fit within this culture. You still have to appreciate our brand and our mission. You have made a bevy of products that just defy people's expectations and bring a lot of joy to people's lives. What are some of your favorite products? I would say definitely our swimmable like dem denim. Swimmable denim? Swimmable denim? denim? That was a really bad way to say that. We have like <laughs> denim swim trunks, uh, denim swim briefs that are really funny. Those have kind of been a long, long time staple. And then our underwear. I think I wear them every single day. Our team wears them every single day. Jens, this is the part of the show where you get to promote the business. So you can look at that camera over there and tell people where they can go buy some Shinesty. You can just Google Shinesty, S-H-I-N-E-S-T-Y. <laughs> Whatever you do, head to our website, come see the hilarious products, come check out our hilarious marketing, uh, join our email list so you can see all the love and hard work that goes into that. Thank you guys all for tuning in. If you learned something from Jens today, please like this video. And if you are building an e-commerce store and trying to be better, smarter, faster, and wiser by learning from people who have done it before and are kind of doing it better than anyone else, then you need to subscribe to Add to Cart. Jens, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me.